Hello and welcome to another Footy Feed special edition. I am Riley Beveridge and I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Cal Toomey. Cal, how are you going? Hello, Riley. How are you? Yeah, going very well, thanks. Today we're looking at Essendon. They're a side that's incredibly intriguing heading into the 2020 season. There's been a lot made of their finals drought and whether or not they can eventually break that. With footy on hold, Cal, did you think this year might be the year where they might be able to, to break that finals drought without a win in a final since God only knows when? Well, it was 2004, uh, so it's a <laughs> long time. And you'd hope that uh, eventually they would be able to break it. Um, I don't think this year was probably going to be the one that they would, though, because, I mean, you have to be honest, where where would you say they were going to break in and get that much better from last year's list? You'd think that the sides around them have probably improved. They were smashed in the elimination final last year by West Coast. They've had four... Um, disaster elimination final since they last won a final. So um, this is something that's hanging over the club, absolutely a gorilla on their back. It's um, it's something that I know a number of coaches have gone through since that time, but none of them have been able to break that drought. And maybe this year with two coaches, basically, they're almost running mm. a co-coach situation. That might be the, the way that they do do it. But certainly uh, you'd hope that in the Ben Rutten era, if it's this year or the next couple, that that drought would be broken. But on the surface and what we've seen from the Bombers in round one, they were quite good across the Marsh series. I thought they, they probably were one of the better performed sides in that period. But round one, they left a little bit to be desired, to be honest. They started quite well against Fremantle and after that dropped away in the second half and were completely outplayed. And if not for the shorter quarters, uh, they probably would have been overrun. And to be honest, uh, Andrew Brayshaw's way would kick in that last minute or two from the Dockers. So, yeah, it was a disappointing win in some regards. I mean, they still got the four points and that's a, an important thing to start off the year. But yeah, I thought that their round one showing left a little bit to come. Obviously, some players still due to come back at some stage, which would help. But uh, I, I think the Bombers in my sort of ladder estimates would be somewhere around the, the 8 to 11 part of the ladder. And I can't see them breaking through for a finals victory this year. Overall, they were quite disappointing in round one. But one player who was outstanding was Dylan Shield. They spent... A lot of the trade period, certainly there was a lot of talk around whether or not they try and get support for him and, and Dyson Heppel in the midfield. How do you think that on-ball group stacks up compared to the rest of the competition? Well, on paper, it stacks up pretty well. I mean, Dylan Shield is a, is a top player. Uh, Zach Merritt's an All-Australian. Dyson Heppel's an All-Australian uh, several years ago too. Um, Darcy Parrish is, is becoming a much better player. They just have to play Darcy Parrish in the midfield though. It's, it was sort of frustrating to see him start you know, across half forward and spend a lot of the game against the Dockers across half forward. His best footy has come as a midfielder, an inside midfielder. That's what he was drafted as a pick five you know, four years ago, five years ago. So it's, just, it's the time where you just play him in there and let him get the ball and feed it out. Andy McGrath will play a lot more midfield than he ever has done before. And I think what he has showed across the preseason and in round one would suggest that he's ready to take that step up. And Dylan Sheil, as you mentioned, was outstanding uh, against the Dockers. So... On paper, the names are there. They still do need a big body, though, and they've just yeah. um, they've been reluctant or unable to bring one in through the draft or trade period over a, a, a number of years now. Um, Jake Stringer still goes in there to play that big body role, um, and he can do that on occasion. We saw him matched up against Nat, Matt Fife in round one a, a couple of times. They brought Jacob Townsend over with the intentions of playing him as that battering ram through the midfield to sort of protect and help the smaller guys around him, like... like uh, uh, Parrish and McGrath and Merritt. But because of their injuries across some, he's basically trained all, all preseason as a forward and he played some good mm. footy there uh, in round one, two against the Dockers. So they still need that that role to be fixed and to find someone to, to be the Joe Watson because they haven't had one since Joe 
in terms of that bull-looking, big-bodied midfielder who can just dominate the clearances. Well, speaking of the forward line, you said they had to play Jacob Townsend virtually as a marking target against Fremantle. Kale Hooker obviously missed round one through injury. When he eventually comes back, do you see him playing forward to keep his spot in that team? I think he might have to. I mean, and this is probably a result of actually their depth in the back half because Michael Hurley is a mm. is a, an accomplished player, two-time All-Australian, so he's done it there before. Um, and Brandon Zerk-Thatcher, they're very excited about. He's only played a couple of games at senior level now, but I think he's probably going to make that spot his only. I think he led the competition in um, intercept possessions throughout the uh, the Marsh series. So obviously... Um, that's only a couple of rounds and a couple of games, but it's a good insight into what sort of player he is. And they like him a lot at Essendon, so they're very excited about what he can do. Paddy Ambrose probably comes back and plays that tight checking role. Uh, Aaron Francis can play above his height. And they'd probably prefer to keep Francis across half-back than play him as a forward too. So, yeah, I think in terms of hooker, the the role of him playing as a key marking target, particularly with um, Joe Danaher out for who knows how long, um, is probably the, the the thing that he has to do. I mean, he kicked forty odd goals a couple of years ago when he did play permanently yeah. alongside um, Dan Danaher, and they teamed up to ma- to make up for about a hundred goals that year in two thousand and seventeen when the Bombers made the final. So he's done it before. His kicking can be a bit wayward, but he does offer a marking target. We know how good his his marking is in the air. So maybe that is the role for him because I would, if I was backing an Essendon team, I'd probably back the one that had Hooker up front, probably ahead of McKernan or James Stewart, because you probably don't have the consistency of performance that Hooker has provided over a number of years with those other guys. You turned a couple of games last year as well. I remember that GWS game where he went for like a couple of goals and virtually won the game for them off his own boots. Gold of Coast too, I think. I think Gold Coast yeah, too, he might get yep. the match winner there. So, yeah, he was big in a couple of moments. He, he was John Worsfold's um, Adam Hunter, wasn't he, really? <laughs> <laughs> he re- re- reprising that role of just throwing forward and do something very quickly when it matters uh, late in games. A very good comparison. Speaking of big men, a lot's been made of Essendon's ruck conundrum over the last couple of years. They've had been linked to a number of names. Um, there's been talk about Tom Bellchambers and his future. When footy does eventually resume, and fingers crossed it does resume at some stage this year, is Tom Bellchambers a certified, guaranteed number one ruckman at Essendon? It was an interesting call that they had to make in round one because obviously uh, Andrew Phillips had rucked throughout the preseason. Tom Bellchambers has been injured a little bit. Uh, with a knee problem, so he missed a fair bit of footy, but then they brought him back, straight back in for round one. So there's obviously a, a level of comfortability that the Bombers do have having Bell Chambers as that number one guy. But Phillips, I was quite impressed with across the preseason, mm. and he was definitely um, doing some good things uh, at training across summer and also throughout the preseason games. So it wouldn't be a shock to see him um, take over that role. With shortened quarters, if games do resume later in the year, you'd suspect that most clubs won't be using two Ruckman. So as much as Andrew Phillips would have been open to playing alongside Tom Bell Chambers, it really is a battle of one versus one and see which way they go. So, yeah, the interesting ruck sort of situation at Essendon, they've gone from having only a couple to having five now on the list. So they've got Bell Chambers, they've got uh, Phillips, they've got Sam Draper, uh, who's coming back from a knee reconstruction. And then they drafted uh, Nick Bryan last year at, yep. at the national draft, then picked up Henry Crawford through the uh, pre-season sort of rule. So they've got a stack of them now and... Yeah, the pressure will be on for uh, for that one spot in that senior side. There's a lot of players that you mentioned there that were brought in during the trade period last year, but what about the blokes that could have been going out? There was a lot made around the future of Orazio Fantasia and Joe Danaher. Um, obviously, both 
stayed at Essendon for, for one reason or another during the 2019 trade period. Do, do you see them at Essendon at this stage next year? It's a good question. Very good question. I, I'm not going to put it completely on the line because I, I don't want to speak on their behalf. <laughs> but the reality is that there'd have to be severe doubts over whether Joe Danaher would be at the Bombers next year. I mean, he still uh, was a long way off playing again. So he's dealing with this groin injury that the Bombers didn't think would um, be right to go until probably mid-year anyway. So this break might help him in some ways that you know he might not miss as much footy if games do resume in the second half of the year, let alone season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously requested the trade. He, he wanted to go there for a, a number of different reasons. So I think that appeal would probably still lie to him um, or lay to him So uh, to go to the Swans. And you'd have to suggest that um, the Swans... If he doesn't play too much footy this year, you would probably get him at a cheaper price too because he's, yeah. a, he's a free agent. Essendon could match the uh, could match the offer that the Swans put forward if they do. But, um, you know, that would sort of be an interesting one because it hasn't really happened before at an AFL level. Obviously, the the, uh, the Crows threatened to do it with Patrick Dangerfield, but um, in the end worked out a trade deal. So, yeah, I th- you have to say that there's concerns over his long-term future at the Bombers. Fantasia is a different one in that he's contracted for 2021 at the yep. club, but um, he definitely explored the option of heading back to South Australia last year to be close to the family there, and I still think it's something that will be on his mind throughout this year. I think he's pretty keen. You know, he finally made the decision that, hang on, I'm going to stay out and stick around for 2020 with the Bombers and see how it go and hopefully have a really good year and put himself in a better position to, to make that decision um, when the crunch time comes during the trade period because last year he was coming off a really injury-affected season, uh, he didn't hit great heights at all. So his sort of bargaining power would have been a little bit lower than if he does have a good year this year. And to be honest, although he was pretty quiet in round one, he, his form across the preseason was a lot better and he showed that zip and run that he hadn't had for a little while. You mentioned at the start of the show that uh, a lot would have to go right for Essendon to finally break that drought without a finals victory. Not necessarily is there a player that's going to drive them to a finals win, but where do you see the improvement coming for this year from coming from this year, sorry, are there any players that, that you could see when football hopefully resumes uh, could take their game to the next level? Yeah, well, Jordan Ridley was one that definitely um, jumped up across the preseason. His emergence probably pushed Marty Gleeson out of the senior team. So, And I'm a, a Gleeson fan. I think what he offers in the half-back line is quite strong. But, you know, the rebound from Ridley was, was good in round one too. So he's a, a youngster worth watching. But the one I think you know, could come from the clouds a little bit is Braden Hamm. So we watched him a little, a couple of times last year for the Bombers line up as a really skinny wingman. Um, he just run all day, but there's a real role for those those wingman types who can just play that role and and go all day and and you know particularly with Sean Court has just not come off the ground at any point. So he's a left footer. He's a, a bit of a raking kick and, and user of the ball. And you know his form across the preseason, he was unlucky not to play in round one in many respects. They like what he offers. Um, he's very skinny still. He's offered. He's added a little bit of weight to his frame, but you have to think that sort of the guys who are around the fringes of that senior team now, even David Zaraka, someone who has been a constant member of that Bombers lineup for you know a decade or so now, he, he needs to keep up his performances because he's got people like Braden Ham sort of knocking on the door and, and wanting that spot on the wing. So Braden Ham is definitely one to watch. Would you say Ham's a, a smoky for, for the time <laughs> hey. That's actually uh, one of your better ones, Riley. I don't know if you spent much time working on that, but that's... Mine was ticking away as you were were going there. Um, Thank you for your time today, Cal. Really appreciate it, uh, you joining us and, uh, and your insights into Essendon. Stay well, mate.